Good morning. We are talking about a program here at Minnesota State University. I'm not sure a lot of people are familiar with. It's from the Office of University Fellowships. And what are fellowships? Well, that's a good question. So with me today, I have brought in Professor Kristen Swanchera, who is a university fellowship coordinator. Good morning, Professor Swanchera. Good morning, Karen. So let's talk about what a fellowship is, because when I was in college, I went to the University of Minnesota, but I don't recall hearing about them. So I don't know if it's common knowledge or if it's something you have to learn about some special way. So what is it? A fellowship is a special award that is given typically at the graduate level. And what a fellowship allows a student to do is to engage in a, a very special kind of learning activity. Whereas a scholarship is typically paid directly to a learning institution for tuition money, for example, a fellowship is an award that is given to the student, typically directly, that allows them to engage in a study abroad program. They're able to fund an ability to go do research at another university, or maybe to even involve themselves in a leadership program that's maybe in a different state or in a different country. How are these funded then? Because scholarships are generally from donations from foundations or individuals. So how does a fellowship come about? A fellowship is typically going to be supported through a number of different organizations from different universities. There can be government programs. They can be private organizations or businesses that are looking to support different kinds of activity and creativity within the organization. It can be through different philanthropic or nonprofit organizations that are looking to generate community support, looking for community service. Um, maybe they're looking to broaden an understanding about something that they have going on in their community. So there really are a number of different organizations who will also fund a fellowship, similar to how we can also have funding for scholarships. So these are for high ability students and are they encouraged to apply by their professors, their advisor or someone, or do they just do it on their own? Or I know that your obviously job is to get the word out about them. So I'm just curious, how do students learn about them? We really like to think about it as a highly motivated student because sometimes there's a certain stereotype that this is for when we say high ability students, then sometimes students think, oh my gosh, I have to have a 4.0 or else I can't even apply. And that's really not true. Many fellowships, especially the national and international types of fellowships that our office works with, they're looking for students who have a broad range of life experiences. They're definitely looking for strong academic students, but also students who have a number of assets so there are different ways that students gain life experience, taking care of family members, holding down multiple jobs, being good in the classroom, but also showing leadership on their campus. So the ways that a student is involved, maybe doing a research project, maybe leading a student organization, those are all ways that faculty, staff, administrators, they see a student sparkle. And you know what, those really high motivated students are the ones that we we recruit them, we go out and we send them emails, we are making sure that we're trying to talk to their classes and their different groups on campus. But it's really about word of mouth and trying to help students understand what these opportunities are, because a lot of times they've maybe never even heard of them before. So it's, it's really fun. It's a good thing. Fortunately, you've been able to gather three students who have applied for a fellowship or one who has accepted a fellowship. 
So uh, I would like each of them to introduce themselves and what they applied for in terms of the fellowship, what they're studying and that sort of thing. So thank you, Kristen, for letting me know who these young folks are. Morgan, would you mind starting because you would be able to tell them about the Gilman Scholarship, which is at an undergraduate level. And then our other two students, both Colton and Tony, are going to be talking about different fellowships that they've applied for at the graduate level. First up is Morgan Rudd. Okay, so um, I first started by, as I wanted to study abroad, I didn't know where I wanted to go, what I could do. None of my family members have studied abroad. None of them have even went to college. My mom only went for one year, so I was very underrepresented. I was, I'm the oldest child in my family, so none of my siblings are in college yet so i didn't even know where to start i just needed something to help me though i am paying for all my college i pay for everything so i needed some financial aid too and so i reached out to kristen and she gave me a huge list of all of the things i could do so then i just worked to narrow them down and i found one that had to do with research and i was already doing research and the Gilman Scholarship. And so then I worked really hard in conducting an essay for Gilman and like why studying abroad is so important to me and like what it will help with my journey and helping me get into dental school. And they saw that I had a very set path and they gave me the scholarship and I accepted it. And now I will be going to Thailand to study abroad with it. Well, that's exciting. So you are a dental hygiene or, or pre-dental program is that what you're studying yes pre i'm studying biochemistry for a pre-dental track so i'll go over to thailand and volunteer at dental units what do you think you will get out of studying abroad at thailand for this major i'm going to be able to like be very engaged in other cultures and how they handle hygiene and like what just like their environment and how like what they just do and what their information they have and the resources they have and then I'll be able to take different techniques that they use and bring it back over here and also bring my techniques that I learn over to them and help them out too. Did you specifically select Thailand or was it the kind of thing that there was a program available and you said I'll choose this one? Yeah it was I was open to anything I just wanted to go abroad and they had this amazing opportunity so I was like that sounds perfect for me. And where are you from? Uh, small town, large town? Yeah, I'm from small town in Wisconsin. It's like 20 miles south of Eau Claire, Mondovi. So you're from a small town, Wisconsin. And so this is kind of a big deal yeah. since none of your rest of your family is involved in this. So without this fellowship, this would probably not be something you'd be able to do. Nope, it wouldn't have. So what does this mean to you receiving this fellowship? It means a lot to me. I'm going to take this opportunity and show like other underrepresented people that we can do this and as a biochem major you are able to study abroad it is financially like you can do it and even if you come from a family that maybe hasn't done anything like this that there are opportunities and people out there that can help you and you can do it your family must be really proud yes they are <laughs> wonderful well that that sounds like a wonderful opportunity yeah, so uh, I'm Colton Corcoran. I'm studying here as a senior in civil engineering, graduating in the spring. So I guess I guess for a start is how did I how did I get involved in fellowship? How did I reach out? Or what purpose I had? Yeah, so uh, initially I wanted to explore a subject. I wanted to meet other like passionate individuals 
that were really into their subjects, no matter what it, what it was. And so kind of developing a network um, was, was important to me, as well as looking at both interests, bonus interests of, of studying abroad is also a great aspect of fellowship for multiple reasons. But um, so I, I looked after fellowships that, that did involve that, the application of going abroad. But my, you know, my pure purpose was to, you know, get an award, earn the award, and, and then do the experience with uh, not really realizing the other benefits of the process. And so when I got into the process, it turned out to be like a growing experience for myself. I got to know myself more. I got to learn what I wanted in, in my career, in my, in my profession. And so at, at the end of the day, it's kind of a thought of, uh, it, it's okay if I don't get it or not, because I, I, got, I got a good positive benefit out of it either way. What did you get out um, of it, Colton? Yeah, so it's just a self-recognition. So maybe seeing kind of where my interests lie, what I'm passionate about, what's my why, I guess, uh, in, in, in my life and in my career is like, what am I doing, what I'm doing? You know, I think everyone has like a, a general idea, but maybe it's not explored, you know, having to write down in, in, in a couple pages and, and write down as, as, as concise as you can. was really, was really helpful. So kind of, uh, it, it's great also for if your dinner party, it's like, what, what do you do and why do you do it? And, and now I, I have a pretty good idea of why I do that, uh, what, I, what I do, I guess. So that was the original reasoning. And then, yeah, it turned out to be a great process. And you know, the, the benefit is you, you get it, and if you don't, then you still got something to, to pull out of it. So, what do you hope to do in engineering, and how does this fellowship help you with that? Yeah, so the fellowship I, I applied for, the main one, was was the Fulbright Scholarship for for research or study, studying research. And so, I wanted to do a project and, and go to grad school at the same time, over a period of one to two years or two years, most likely. But my project was a sustainability lens project on structural engineering field. So I want to do structural engineering when I grow up, or not grow up, when I'm doing it right now. But <laughs> um, that's kind of what my, my passion, where my passion lies right now. But I also want to bring more of a sustainability lens to it and kind of recognize the, the places that we can make up. And so my, my research proposal was to look into like the current wood building practice within Germany. They have some things that we can take away. I mean, things are also great here, but some differences involved. And so kind of recording that, seeing what I see, taking those those things out of what's going on. So going to a, a timber mill or maybe going to a manufacturing plant where they meet, make the wood uh, pieces or going to a job site and talking to contractors and how they assemble it. So that was one big big part of it and seeing where waste could be cut down or what practices maybe save on things. And then the second part was to, to look at more like new innovations and new practices that the uh, some universities there are, are looking into. So it was just kind of a, how do we, how do we decrease carbon amount? Um, how do we better use the materials we already have? So that's the research. And, and it's a company that would be going to grad school as well, which is would be fantastic. So Would you have done this had there not been fellowships offered? I really wanted to go study in, in Europe, and that's kind of what, are, what I'm going to be kind of pursuing. The fellowship allows me to do research that's, that's funded, and as well as you know fund my grad school over there. So it, it helps significantly get, kind of get a head start. And so, yeah, of course. But I, I think I, I get, yeah, of course, I like the fellowship. But yes, I, I still hope to do it either way. I want to go back to Dr. Swanchera about, uh, we've got two folks we talked to, Morgan, and we've talked to Colton, and they're both abroad. Are all fellowships something that's abroad? So typically, the Office of University Fellowships that I work in, we do work primarily with awards that are given nationally and internationally. So if a student is interested in a local scholarship, something that is funded through a Minnesota State Mankato or by a local company or organization, that would actually be, I would route them more to Carolyn Nelson on campus and individuals who would work with local scholarships. So no, a fellowship doesn't always have to take you overseas. 
but very typically they do. I would also say though that there are many national opportunities. There are different exchanges that can occur with students who are at Minnesota State who would want to exchange to another, another university just for the semester. There are also programs that are about, maybe you could think about a more project-based. Maybe an individual is interested in pursuing more leadership experience, or they would like to get involved in a community project. So there are different kinds of organizations within the United States that allow for eight to 10 week summer programs, or they might be something that happens for a couple of weeks over the summer, and then maybe they touch back again a couple of times throughout the school year. So the programs vary. They vary in their deadlines. They vary in their focus. And that's why there's specifically an office on campus, because a lot of times students need a little bit of assistance in aligning what it is they are interested in and what their personal goals are with the kinds of opportunities that are out there, because they're not always very easy to find at first. How many fellowships are offered here at Minnesota State University? Well, I would have to say again that the fellowships typically aren't the ones that we work through our office. They're not actually offered through Minnesota State. The idea is, though, that the local university, and there are a number of scholarships that are fulfilled at the university level. There is up to $2 million that is given out annually to students to fund them in various ways on campus to pursue their education and for, for different kinds of experiences. However, fellowships, none of the fellowships and, and scholarships that we work with through the Office of University Fellowships, none of them are funded locally. They are all funded by national and international organizations and agencies. And that's what makes our office so very unique. So students don't always really understand that they might be one of those high motivated students because many of our students are first generation. Or maybe they're in a major and they don't really understand what, gosh, I'm. maybe they're pursuing a language and they're going to have a major in Spanish and education. And they never really thought about what kind of opportunity they could do because they think, oh, my program is too structured. That's where the fellowship office comes in because we can sit down with each student. We go through what their goals are. We talk about what it is they would like to do in their careers and what kinds of experiences would help them along that path. And then we work with them to find the best kind of opportunities that are available. They differ from each person. Every student has kind of a different scope of what they're interested in. They also differ in the sense of, is it a freshman or sophomore walking into our office? Because they will be eligible for different kinds of awards or in comparison to if it's a junior or senior. And a lot of the fellowships, I'll just kind of reiterate, a lot of fellowships are geared toward work that happens in graduate school. So scholarships are more so identified with an undergraduate recipient. Fellowships are typically more associated with individuals who are looking for graduate work, either at the master's or the PhD level. And that brings us to another student you have introduced us to, and I'm gonna have her introduce herself, where she's from and what she's studying. Yeah, so good morning. My name is Tony Bacigalupa Album. Um, I'm actually from California here for my master's degree in counseling and student personnel with the student affairs track. And talk about your fellowship. What is your fellowship about? 
Yeah, so I actually applied for three different fellowships. One, like Colton, I applied for a Fulbright to India to do research, no study component, just a research project. And then I applied for two sort of similar fellowships called Princeton in Africa and Princeton in Asia. And both of those are fellowships that let you work or teach on the Asian or African continents, depending on their partner organizations. So you apply, you provide a resume, it's open to undergrads who are graduating or master's degree students who are graduating, and then they match you with an organization that matches your interests. So based on my interests, I was interested in teaching at the undergraduate level. You said you applied for three, but you received one of those? I haven't received any. So the timeline for Princeton is they'll get back to me about interviews at the end of this month. And then Fulbright, of course, doesn't get back to us until later in spring semester. Can you get both or can you just get one? I'm not sure how that works. If I get both, I'll have to turn one down. One down. Yeah, I, I won't be able to take all three because they would all be occurring at the same time <laughs> in different locations around the world. So this was me sort of not putting all my eggs in one basket. (laughs) Tony, how could this fellowship benefit you? Why did you apply? What did you see as a benefit? Yeah, so with the Fulbright, my goal was to do research post-graduation. I'm interested in in a career in higher education, ideally as a professor, and part of that is doing independent and individual research. And so designing my own research project internationally was an exciting opportunity for me to do that post-graduation because I can't, I don't have many opportunities to do that during my program. The Princeton in Asia and Princeton in Africa, sort of similar vein, they're an opportunity to teach at the undergraduate level. And so as I'm looking towards a future career in academia, perhaps as a professor, research and teaching are both components of that. And this was an opportunity for me to get experience in both of those areas internationally in a way that it might be difficult for me to do here in the U.S. What does getting a fellowship mean to you? Yeah, I think certainly there are the places in the world I've never been, and there are very specific opportunities that I would not otherwise have. Certainly in those areas of the world where working without a visa, getting a job before you have a visa can be very challenging in either Asia or Africa. So this is an opportunity to do that in a way that I wouldn't otherwise have. And conducting research in India would also be very challenging. It's an expensive proposition and the Fulbright does pay for it. And, you know, through the application process, I had to develop those contacts and those partners. So this was also a way for me to start that process that I also would not have otherwise had. I know Colton mentioned the process itself was a a good experience just doing that. And maybe you made, like you said, made contacts that will help you further on whether or not you receive this. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting in touch with those professors on the other side, being able to plan this project with them and having their support uh, has been a great experience. And even if I don't get the fellowship, that's that's an opportunity for me in the future if I can find other funding or other ways to get over there. Kristen, what percentage of students who apply actually end up with the fellowship? So the Gilman Scholarship that Morgan is a recipient of, um, we have had a lot of success on our campus. And I would say that depending every single year, it varies with the number of applicants. But I would say there's probably a one in four, one in three chance that a student would be a chosen applicant for it. When you are talking about very, very prestigious awards like Fulbright, those are much steeper odds. (laughs) So the pool of applicants changes every single year. Last year, there were over 12,000 students 
from the United States who applied for a Fulbright grant. We on our campus had two different students who were applying. Both of them were semi-finalists, which was absolutely amazing. And neither one of them was able to go. They weren't ultimately selected in the end. This year, we have three different um, students who are applying for Fulbrights, and I have very high hopes for all three of them. However, the reality is that these are extremely, they're very prestigious and they're very competitive. I always tell a student though, bottom line, you will never go and you will guarantee that you will never be chosen if you don't apply. So the idea is that if you go through the process, just like what we've already heard the students saying, the idea of learning about yourself, learning to tell your personal story, finding out what pieces of you really are unique and that you want other people to understand, being able to articulate the goals of your career and what you'd like to be doing, and even to play with those notions of what are my dreams and how can I make those possible? That's the kind of conversation and the kind of work that you go through when you build the application. And Colton was really kind of hitting on this before when he was saying, you know, the process of going through the application, it's a little daunting, but there's so much personal growth that you can gain from it. So even if you don't end up earning the award, you have set yourself up very well for interviews, for graduate school applications, for grant applications, um, to be able to explain who you are and what you're all about. So there is so much to be gained through the process, and that's really what we're focused on. And we are excited to work with a whole bunch of students across campus, and it's just really an amazing job. Who should apply? If there's parents listening or students listening, who should come to the fellowship office to do this? I can give you kind of a rundown of what the typical student characteristics are. We find that students who are very motivated Students who are curious, they're actively involved. Students who have tried to or are pursuing leadership positions, who might be involved in clubs and activities on campus. A strong academic record is always going to help. However, um, let's make sure that you don't, you don't choose to put yourself out of the running before we know if you should or not. If you have a lot of drive, if you have very specific goals, if you're a passionate student and you really want to be more involved and seek these kinds of opportunities, just like Morgan was talking about, students, you don't necessarily know if this is something you could do because maybe you don't have a role model or a family member who's done this before. It doesn't matter. So come to the fellowships office if you're one of those students who is curious and wants to know and you think that there are really exciting things to do beyond campus, beyond Mankato, maybe that are going to take you around the nation, maybe they're going to take you to a different country. And if we aren't the office to help you, what we always can do is we can refer you to a local scholarship office, we can refer you to the um, global education and the study abroad and away office. They also have various pipelines for helping students to earn money if they aren't going to be applying for a fellowship. So there are lots of different ways on campus that we can help network with a student. So if at 
ends up that you don't want to apply for a fellowship, that's okay. We can help steer you and connect you to somebody who's going to be able to help you get to that that next level of activity that you want. Do you know other people who have applied through fellowships and received them? And have you talked with them? And what did they say? Tony? Yeah, so actually my, my friend applied for um, a fellowship over the summer, a research fellowship, and he got that. It took him to Stanford University in California. Spent the summer doing PhD level research with graduate students there on earth science issues. Said it was very beneficial? Absolutely. The connections he made have been fantastic in furthering his undergraduate and his future graduate career. Morgan, since you are one who have actually received one, what would you tell someone who is thinking about applying? To just be optimistic and you never know until you try. So just give it your all and that's all you can do. How about you, Colton? Your words of advice? To join the process. It's, uh, you know, it's it's hard, but it's it's really, it's really helpful. And why not too? It's, if you work this hard to become a, a good student or you do, do impressive things, why not reap the benefits of that. I would say start early and make sure you check in with Kristen often and, and take advantage of all the assistance she provides. She's a huge, huge resource and very, very helpful throughout the process. So even if you're you know, in your first year right now, talk to her now and you can start to plan how to have a good application when you get to that point that you're ready to apply. Is there a timeline? Do these come out a certain time of year, for example? Every single award has its own deadline and typically occurs at a different time in the school year. So for an example, students who would be interested in applying for Fulbrights to go international, they would start preparing an application in the spring because the deadline occurs right away when you start school in September. Individuals who are very interested, undergraduates who are interested in research and they already engaged maybe in a, a research lab on campus. They would love to maybe pursue research and they are looking at completing a STEM degree. They should be thinking about preparing in the fall because a typical application they might want to put in is for a Goldwater scholarship. And those applications come due in January. There are other um, specific awards, for example, the Truman that has to do with individuals who have been preparing for public service, government studies, political science. They would maybe like to go into the foreign service. They should be preparing applications in the fall because those are going to be coming due in February. And what they would be preparing for then is to complete their undergraduate because the award would help them pay for graduate school. So truly, the awards are very unique they all run on their own cycle, it can be a little complicated, and that's why we really like to sit down and work with a student. And it's realistic that maybe once a student talks to us, they'll realize, mm, maybe I won't do that this year. I might need to wait one more year. And then maybe when I do that, I'll have time to get more involved. I'll take a leadership position in one of my clubs, and it allows a student to gain more experience. And then when they fill out the application, they feel like they have more of their traits that they can actually show because they've been more active. So it really is beneficial to start a conversation, even if you don't exactly know what you might be interested in. And then oftentimes that leads to a whole bunch of connections. Okay, where can people go? Is there an online place? Is there an office? So if somebody's listening to this, say, I might wanna try this or learn more. We would encourage you to just send an email to fellowships at mnsu.edu, or if you happen to be online, you can go to the mnsu.edu website slash fellowships, 
And if you do a search, you should be able to find our website page. And if you would like to stop by Morris Hall, 265 is a really good spot to just step into the office, tell them you're interested in fellowships, and then we'll be sure to get connected. I want to thank all of you for your time. We've got Morgan, Colton, and Tony. All the best of luck to you all. Thanks so much, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.